Amen. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Amen. Welcome to the house of the Lord. It is good to be in a place to hear the voice of the Lord. Amen. Uh, if, if you can bring me down, I'm not sure if you guys are back there in the sound booth or someplace. I feel like I'm talking in a big hallway or something. You just bring me down. Amen. Thank you so much. Yeah, it is good to be in the house of the Lord with the family of faith, with the people of God. It's good to be here this Sunday morning alive and well. Amen. The mercies of the Lord met us all. And it's good to be here on this beautiful day. I don't care if it's raining outside. I've got joy in my heart in the Lord. Amen. And so every day is a wonderful day in the Lord's name. Amen. What a beautiful thing it is to just be separated for a little while. Do you know how important church is to you? It's just so important to be separated. Just, just from stuff and things and home and television and computers and social media. I, I pray that while I'm preaching, you're not worried about uh, 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 the score of a football game or something that's going on about you. I pray that your mind is attentive to the things of the Lord, that your mind is here and engaged, that you're, you're honed in to the things of the Lord. God has something to say to you today. And if your heart is open, you're going to hear a lot of things today. And I pray that the Spirit of the Lord massages these things down into your spirit. Many of you know that we've been in a series entitled The Names of God, and we are in the third message of that awesome series. And so I'm going to have you do this. If you'll please stand to your feet. We're going to get into the Word of the Lord. Today's message is entitled, Take a Look. Take a Look. And we are in the 16th chapter of the book of Acts. So just thumb your Bible, uh, thumb through the pages of your Bible over to Acts 16. And we're going to get into a wonderful passage of Scripture here as we get together in the Lord. I'm going to begin reading at verse 16. So again, this is Acts chapter 16, verse 16. And I'm going to take this all the way down, uh, Acts 16, all the way down through verse 23. So this again is Acts 16, verses 16 through 23. Uh, and, and if you have uh, your Bible, we can all read this together. And I want you to pay attention to this particular passage of Scripture as it's going to bless your life completely. Look what it says here, beginning here at verse 16. It reads like this. Amen. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer... A certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. And the same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gain was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrate, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city to teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. Amen. We're going to get into a portion of Scripture. We'll see how far the Spirit of the Lord will take me through. I know uh, that we're already almost a half uh, hour past the hour of 11, but just hold tight because we've got some work to do in the kingdom of heaven. How many came to do some work this morning? I came to do work in the spirit. I mean, I pray you did too. Let, let, let's pray together. Let's, let's get our minds uh, together in the spirit. 
Father, we thank you for this glorious day. We thank you for the opportunity that we have uh, to come together to hear your word. Father, there's nothing more important than leaving the house, your house, with your mind, your will, your purpose. I pray today, Holy Spirit, that you take these words and you massage them over the hearts and the minds of the people of God, those that are present, those that are watching by stream. Let these words be effectual. Let let this message be life-changing. Let let hearts be moved. Let, Let people be stirred. Let the Spirit of God move as only He can move. And I pray your help and strength as we move forward today. I pray, Holy Spirit, that the things that we are asking, this this move uh, upon our heart can only be done by you. So Holy Spirit, we yield ourselves to you. Have your way with us today as we move forward in this message. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Listen, before you see it, go greet the family of faith. And as you go, I want you to ask them this. Take a look. Take a look. Go, go, go look them in the face and say, hey, take a look. Take a look. Go find somebody and say, take a look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go find them and say, take a look. If you're watching by stream today, welcome to the house of the Lord. I pray that uh, as, as you're there at your home, that you would look around you. Take a look. Take a look. And, and you will see all that God wants you to see. Take a look. Take a look. God is awesome. Take a look. Take a look. Amen. It's good to see the family of faith getting around and saluting each other, saying hello. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. I look forward to Sunday. Amen. I've got my mind on Sundays and and Wednesday nights. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord with the people of God. Praise the Lord. I'll let everybody kind of get to a place of rest we don't want no interruptions no disturbances we don't want nothing to take your attention away from the purposes of God amen so again welcome all those that are tuning in by stream those that are hear this message at a later time maybe throughout the week I pray that this message fall on your heart produce produce fruit back in the kingdom of heaven a hundred times that which was sown amen praise the Lord praise his name God is good God is good. God is good. God is good. You know, I think it's important for the believer to understand the purpose of Christ. And part of my duty here today, part of the work that the Spirit of God sent me here to do, is to teach you the work of Christ spiritually. I I find it an anomaly in the church that uh, most of the labors that are happening in the house of of God uh, can sometimes be qualified or quantified in the physical labor that we do. But the Spirit of God has sent me here to tell you that the work that we do is spiritual work. And in fact, could I suggest to you that we should have a spiritual mind? Could I suggest that we should be walking 
in the Spirit? Uh, nobody says it better than James. James, the Bible tells us in James, uh, uh, pardon me, uh, 1 John uh, uh, chapter 3, James, uh, uh, Apostle John says this. And I want you to hear this because th- this is like the mantra for the church. This is, this is our mission statement. Catch this. And the Bible says, For this purpose was the Son of God manifested, that he might destroy the works of the enemy. Let me say that one more time because you've got to lay hold of that verse. This is what he says. For this cause, for this purpose, was the Son of Man manifested that he might destroy the works of the enemy. It is essential that you understand that the work of the believer is to destroy the work of the enemy. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to destroy the work, baby. you got to get busy in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, th- th- this is spiritual labor. Do, do you know that, 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 that the Apostle Paul uh, sent to the church uh, at Colossia in, in chapter 2, this is what he said. And having spoiled principalities and powers, watch this, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. And in other words, the work of Jesus, the effect of Jesus in the world was visual. You could see the work of Christ. How many could see the work of Christ? When I thumb through the pages of my Bible and I read through my Gospels, I see Jesus taking authority and making impact in the world. It was visual to see the work of Christ. Why? Because he had done the work spiritually. Do you know that Jesus says that unless you bind up the strong man, there's no way you're going to spoil his house. Could I suggest to you that a lot of the problems that you're encountering in your life are spiritual problems that manifest into your natural world? I'm here to tell you that the enemy is trying to upset you. He's trying to destroy you. Jesus says the enemy cometh forth but to kill, steal, and destroy. That the enemy has a plot and a plan and a scheme against you. It is the apostle Peter who said, listen, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. There is spiritual work happening in the world. And my, my, my concern for Harvest Point Church and for those that are here that message that we're not doing the work like we used to do the work. Do you know that the work in the kingdom of heaven is to believe? This is the work of the kingdom of heaven, to believe on whom God hath sent. Have you been believing? Have you been believing? All of the work in the kingdom of heaven is first done spiritually. All of the work that we're going to do in the house of the Lord first happens spiritually before we see the natural outcome. And my concern is that we get in the world and we're moving about and we're living our lives and the spiritual work that has to happen, the rebuking and and, and the travailing in the spiritual realm, when that doesn't happen, we see the work out in the world. We see the enemy apprehending us. You want victory, mother and father, in your family? You better do the spiritual work. You want to see God take preeminence in your own life and in the purposes that you have before the Lord? You've got to do the spiritual work. And my concern is is that maybe we've become a little lackadaisical. Maybe we've been just sitting back and just letting things be what they are and just assuming that if God wants it, he'll do it for himself. I've I've been sent of the Spirit of God to tell you that you have to do the spiritual work. In fact, do, do this with me. Go, go, go with me. Put your Bible ribbon on, on St. 
John chapter 3. Uh, l- l- let me tell you something the Spirit of the Lord was telling me. Go, go to St. John chapter 3 and just open it there. The Spirit of the Lord is going to have me to help you see something. Uh, I am living in a generation that doesn't understand the manifestation of God. And, and that the purpose of the believer is to manifest God wherever they are. Uh, your job is to be a reflection of God. Your, your job is to be that mirror. Your job is to be the salt to the earth. Your job is to be the light to the world. For if the salt, if the salt has lost its saltiness, what well, good is it? It's good for nothing. In fact, the scriptures say to be trodden underfoot. Well, whose feet? The enemy's feet. Your, your job is to reflect God so brightly, so, so intently that everybody in the room benefits from the light that you emit in Christ. <laughs> that light, that reflection of that light is first done spiritually. Uh, Jesus taught this manifestly. He said, listen, unless you bind up that strong man, unless you've done the work to bind up the strong man, you can't spoil his house. And friends, I want you to see something so unique in St. John chapter 3. Now, let me set this up. Let me set up St. John chapter 3. Uh, because uh, I, just, I just need to say something. I'm, I'm in a culture now that, that, that or, or in groups of cultures of church culture who don't believe that the power of God is evident. In, in fact, they'll contend with you that the power of the kingdom of heaven, the gifts of the spirit of God, uh, the purposes of God died when the apostles died. They're, they're what we call cessationists. It's interesting that that comment is made because they perceive that the apostles had something with them that we don't have currently in 2022. Uh, Could I suggest to you that the only thing that the apostle had was that which was given to them of Christ? What did Christ give the apostles? His name. He gave the apostles his name. I could go to any church in this city, knock on that door, and ask that church, do you possess the name of Jesus? They would all say emphatically, yes. If I asked you, do you possess the name of Jesus? You would emphatically say yes. The distinction is, do you have faith in the name of Jesus? That's the distinction. Let let me show you how. The the, the Bible tells me that that, that it was Peter and John on the way up to Temple Beautiful. uh, and, And as they went, they saw a man begging alms. You, you remember this story, right? He's begging alms, and, and he, he, he's an invalid. He's been born out of a deformity. He's never walked since he was born. And the Bible says, as, 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 as Peter and John went up to the temple beautiful, the Bible says, now catch this. The Bible says, listen, listen, watch what happens. The Bible says that as they went, uh, Peter looked upon the beggar. And in fact, he was so bold as to say to the beggar, look on me. Uh, The beggar perceiving that uh, in this concentration, the Bible says he fastened his eyes upon Peter, expecting to receive some some coin, some money. The Bible says that Peter said to him, silver and gold have I none. 
but such as I have, give I unto you. Now, 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 now you say, well, what did he have? He had the name. He said this, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible says he extended his right hand and lifted that man up. And that man stood up and began leaping and praising God. And everybody went into the temple rejoicing and praising God. In fact, the Bible says that when they went, everybody, there was such a clamor. Such, such noise was noised abroad. And people were celebrating. And it just so happened that the people started looking upon Peter and John. And then Peter said this. You men of Israel... Why marvel ye at this? And, and why look ye so intently on us as though through our own power holiness this man has been made to walk? And you know what he says? By him, through faith in his name, has this man been made strong. Somebody say faith in the name. Faith in the name. Do you know that there is no name in heaven, higher than the name of Jesus. That, that there's a pretty profound name there by the name of Yahweh, to whom God himself says there is no name. His name is even above my name in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Or as theologians say, beings in heaven and beings on earth and beings under the earth. There is no name greater than the name of Jesus. How many believe that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord? Brother and sister, if you don't lay hold of that thought, if you don't begin to understand that there's no name greater, you're going to go out in the world and you're going to hear names and you're going to tremble in your boots. But baby, if you've got the name of Jesus and you've been set under that name and you know the power of that name, the enemy has no work for nothing he can do in you. Uh, brothers and sisters, can, can I share something with you? I think it's time you take a look. Take a look around you and see what the devil's been doing in your life. I, I really believe it's time that you open up your eyes and take a look at the world in which you live. And you could start first in your own home. Don't come looking at mine. Look at you. Look at yours. You, 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 you say your workplace uh, is out of character, out of arms. Listen, you're supposed to reflect the light of Jesus there. You, you, you're supposed to impact the world. What? Through the name of Jesus. He's low, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. How does he do that? He does it through his name. He says, I send you in my name. I send you in my name. It's spiritual work. Let, 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 let me, you want to go a little deeper? Just show you how spiritual it is. So Jesus tells the apostle Mark, Mark writes it down for posterity. I'm so glad that Mark wrote this down. He says, go ye into all the world and preach to every creature. And he that believeth on me and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And then Jesus says this, and these signs shall follow them that believe. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Everybody in here this morning, those that are watching, everybody says, preacher, I'm a believer. Oh, 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 really? Is that so? Jesus says this, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. 
Listen to the spiritual work. They're going to cast out devils. Let me say, let me just, you, you know, I, I'm, I'm in a culture now that doesn't know that everything that's going on in the world right now is spiritual. The, the whole matter is spiritual. Everything we see in culture, everything we see manifested has a spiritual nature first. Everything happens first spiritually before it happens naturally. And until we get our minds there, and brothers and sisters, you're the one who's supposed to be spiritual. You're supposed to be spiritually minded. You're supposed to see these things. Take a look. Can you see it for yourself? We are in dangerous times. Why? Because the church isn't looking anymore. We don't have the ability to say, look on me. I'm, I'm getting deeper, so hold tight. We're going. Jesus says, in my name, they shall cast out devils. Watch this. They shall speak with new tongues. Now, catch this. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They lay shall hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Do you know that God has given you the spiritual work of taking up serpents? When's the last time you had a serpent in your hand? Don't think I'm going crazy, baby. I already know where you are. You're thinking those guys up in the hills, you know, trying to handle snakes and vipers and they get bit and die. I'm talking about the spiritual work. The, the, the spiritual work of taking up a serpent. The spiritual work. Not the natural work, but the spiritual work. How many, last week I, I talked about Moses, one of the first signs that he proved that he was going for God. How many know that Moses says, Lord, they're not going to believe that you sent me. He said, oh, no, they're not going to believe you. Well, listen, I got something you could do. What's that in your hand? He said, I have a staff. I'm going to prove to you that you're sent. Throw the staff down. The Bible said when he threw the staff down, it became a snake and he ran away. God told Moses, Moses, go back. You want to know that you're sent? You, you want to know that I sent you? Go back and pick up the snake by the tail. Anybody that knows anything about snakes is you don't pick up snakes by the tail. You pick them up by the head. Now, if you pick them up by the tail, you're going to get bit. God said, I'm going to prove to you that I sent you. Pick it up by the tail. And the Bible says the moment that Moses mustered up enough courage, when he grabbed the snake by the tail, it became a staff again. It became authority again. It became power again. You, 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 know, you know, church, how many remember, how many remember the story? Uh, and, and this is such an image of the church. How many remember the story where, where Moses was between the Red Sea and Pharaoh? And the Bible says that, 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 that Moses began to cry out to God, God, save us, help us. And you know what God said? Why are you crying, Moses? Why are you crying, Moses? What's in your hand? He says, a staff. He says, then raise up that staff and tell the water to part. Listen, brother and sister, it's time for you to quit crying and come into God all scared and upset about what's going on. God is saying it's time to take authority. It's time to take authority. And brother and sisters, this is the work of the kingdom of heaven. You've got to take authority. Jesus, behold, I give you the power, watch this, to tread 
over serpents and scorpions, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. This is the kingdom of heaven. You've been given a job to be people who are spiritually minded, who are taking uh, the word of God, the purposes of God in the name of Jesus. Jesus says, I'm going to back up my words. In fact, Jesus says, ye shall ask anything in my name and I will do it for you. We've got the name of Jesus over the house of God. If we possess it by faith. We possess it by faith. So, 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 so you're in St. John chapter 3. I wasn't even going to bring this up until the Spirit, while I was sleeping, started talking to me about John 3. And so I said, okay, I'll bring it. I'm going to be faithful to deliver St. John chapter 3. Now, you know this story. This is the story of Nicodemus. The Bible says Nicodemus comes to the Lord at night, and you know what he tells Jesus? He says this. He says, Rabbi, I know that thou art a teacher that come from God, for no man can do these miracles except God be with him. And you thought Jesus would give him fist bump, say, hallelujah, you, you are right, Nicodemus. No, that's not what he said. This is what Jesus says. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. You see, you see, Nicodemus, if you were actually with vision, spiritual vision, you would know that I'm more than a rabbi. If you had true, genuine, bona fide spiritual ability, you would have known that I'm the son of God. Uh, we know this passage because when it says you must be born again, Nicodemus, right? This is what he tells Jesus. Well, well how is that possible? How, how, can, how can that be? How can a man enter into his mother's womb a second time? And then Jesus is. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. In other words, he won't even be able to touch the power of God's kingdom until he's born of water and of Spirit. Here's Nicodemus. Right? Not understanding a thing Jesus is saying. Uh, Jesus, Jesus gives Nicodemus this. And it's so profound when the Spirit was talking to me about this. I said, oh, help us, Holy Spirit. Help us. Jesus says, the wind bloweth where it listeth. You hear the sound of it, but you don't know where it comes from. So is every man that is born of the Spirit. In other words, you know, when the wind blows, I don't see the wind with my natural eyes, but I see the weaves, the leaves rustling in the wind. I don't see the wind with my eyes, but I see it pick up the dust as it moves along the street. I see it with my own eyes. And do you know that Nicodemus, a ruler, right? He says, how can these things be? And Jesus says, and you're supposed to be a, a, a teacher, a ruler in Israel, and you don't know these things? He said, listen, if I'm teaching you things that you can see and you don't understand it, how can I teach you heavenly things? In other words, look around, Nicodemus. Look at it for yourself. Do you not see the spiritual work, demonic work manifesting in your lives? Brothers and sisters, wake up. Do you not see the demonic work manifesting right there before your eyes? 
You, you, you know, I understand that this, this is what the Lord says. And I get, this is what, what Apostle Paul said. I get it, right? And I know this is, this, is, this is spiritual conversation, right? I understand that the world's not going to understand it. They don't have a spiritual mind. They can't discern it. I get that. And even Paul said, listen, if the gospel be hid, it is hid to those who are perishing. For the God of this world has blinded their eyes, lest the light of the glorious gospel shine upon their hearts and minds. I get that. But us, but us, I'm talking about us. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about the church, us. Do we not see the, the demonic work manifesting in people around you? Don't you see it? Don't you see it? Don't you see it? Listen, look at it. Take a look. Uh, you, you want me to go a little deeper with it? We don't want to go a little deeper. I don't know. You want to go? I don't got a lot of time, but I can, I can teach some stuff. Uh, in, in that passage of Scripture, uh, St. John chapter 3, if you keep reading along, uh, Jesus now be, uh, transitions from that conversation to say, hey, listen, let me, let, let me show you something. Uh, do, do, you, do you know that when Moses was in the wilderness, uh, he, he lifted up a bronze serpent? And anybody that looked upon that serpent was healed, was saved from the, from the bites, the poisonous bites. And he goes, so shall it be with us. If the Son of Man be lifted up, he'll draw men unto himself. You know that passage, right? Most of us don't understand the prophetic implication of what Jesus is teaching. Uh, this, is found, this is the shortest prophetic inference to Christ in the Old Testament, in Numbers 21, when, when the nation of Israel, as they sojourned, uh, God was giving them supernatural, extraordinary victory in the wilderness, but it just so happened that along the way, they got frustrated. They got mad. You know what they did? They talked about God. They blasphemed the name of God. They blasphemed the name of Moses. And you know what else they said? We loathe that light bread you're giving us. We hate it. We hate the name of God. We hate your name, Moses. And we hate this bread that we're eating. And you know what God did? He sent fiery snakes. Vipers. And those vipers began to bite the nation of Israel, and people were dying Brothers and sisters, let, let, let me give you an overview. How many know that inside the Ark of the Covenant are those three things? That in order for God to judge you, he has to look past the blood and the mercy seat. But you know what's in the, you know what's in the Ark of the Covenant? The rod of Aaron. The legitimacy of priesthood. Men and women of God who God has appointed. Be careful who you talk about. Inside there is the Decalogue, the very word of God. Be careful what you talk about. Be careful that your murmuring, your complaining isn't against the Lord. And then thirdly, what was in there? A bowl of manna. The three things that God could indict you for, could judge you for, were inside the Ark of the Covenant. It just so happened that the nation of Israel began to loathe that bread. How many know that men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God? And all they needed was manna. Somebody say all they needed was manna. Brother and sister, all you need is Jesus. You don't need nothing else. You, you get a hold of Jesus, you don't need nothing else. And if you don't have enough, eat some more. Catch this. 
Catch this. So God sent these snakes, and they started biting the people of Israel. And you know what? They sent their leaders back to Moses. You know what they said? We've sinned against God. We've sinned against you. Please pray that God will take these snakes away, these serpents away. And you know what God told Moses to do? Make a snake out of brass. You know that staff I gave you? I want you to put it on top of your staff. Lift it up before the nation of Israel. And anybody that looks upon that serpent, they'll live. All you got to do is look at it. Just take a look. Anybody that professes the name of Jesus has to look upon that cross. And any level of spiritual indication in your life says this, he died my death that I might live. Do do you know that that, that Paul writes to the church of Galatia that, that, that God, that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us? As it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Do do, do you know that Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth and he told them this? He that was, he was made to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God by him. In other words, God made Jesus a snake for you. He made him to embody that serpent on the cross. You know, because we're going to take up serpents in this walk. You ready? Now you're ready for Acts 16. So you had to go all that way. Had to spend like 25 minutes. The rest is downhill from here. Apostle Paul and Silas are on their way to pray. Sounds a lot like Acts 3, right? And as they go, they were met by a young damsel from Macedonia. This girl, it was an orphan girl. She was a slave to the spirit, watches of divination, or what is commonly referred to as the spirit of Python. In Greek, they call it the spirit of Pythios. This, she had a serpent spirit. Stop and consider what I just told you. You know, because you're supposed to take up serpents, right? You know, if you really had your spiritual ears on, you know, when I'm listening, probably 95 to 97% of all communication I heard this past week was not God. Uh, uh, probably a good half of that was inspired demonically. I can discern it. My ears are attentive that way. I know when I'm hearing God and when I'm not. I, I know when God is speaking. 
I, I know his voice. And in fact, you say, well, preacher, how amazing that you know the voice of the Lord. Jesus says, any man, right? Uh, any sheep, all my sheep, hear my voice. It's not unique to the man of God. It should be common amongst us all. We should be able to discern the voice of Jesus when he talks. And friends, listen, if you were listening with spiritual ears, you would have discerned that most of what you heard this week was demonic. What you heard was the spirit of the serpent. And let me go back. Jesus says that if we believe that in his name, We should be able to cast out devils. When's the last time you cast out a devil? They spoke to you this week. They talked to you. They were right around you. You just didn't discern it because you're in a natural frame of mind. The devil's talking. He's moving. He's using people to communicate his ideas, his philosophies. He's moving right there amongst your kids when they go to school. He's moving right there at that water cooler at lunch with your coworkers. He's everywhere. If you listen, you'll see that as much as God is talking, so is he. Your design is to take that serpent up. Your job is to take him to task. Your job is to say in Jesus' name, I know where that's coming from. I know the origin of that conversation. I know what the devil sounds like in the name of Jesus. Notice that Paul, notice that Paul, uh, as he was going up to pray, I say prayer, what a dynamic spiritual work. I pray that you pray. (laughs) It's my heart that the church prays, man, because if you're not praying, you're not doing spiritual work. I don't know what you're doing, man. If you're not praying, you're not engaging the way you should be engaging the spiritual work. Demonic activity is engaged in your prayer closet. As they went to pray, they, they, they noticed this, this girl. She had the spirit of the serpent. And the Bible says, watch this. You know, she's in bondage. She's, she's, a, she's a slave girl. I mean, take a look. Do, do you know anybody in your life right now that's in bondage? Come on now. Come on. Take a look. Take a look around yourselves. You, you, you know what? I, I, I love the way, you know, Paul, Paul says, uh, all things are lawful unto me, but not all things are expedient. He says, all things are, you know, we say permissible. He says, lawful unto me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. I don't want to be in bondage. In fact, when we cry out Abba, we cry out Abba. We don't have a spirit of fear which leads to bondage. Uh, brother and sister, do you, do you understand that it's your job to set the captive free? You, you know, I, I like the way Paul talks. Paul, when he wrote the, the, to, to the Christians at Rome, he said, I, Paul, a slave of Christ. He says it to, to Titus when he says, I'm a slave of God. I love the way James says, James, and these are all one-ones. J- James 1-1 one, one says, I'm a slave to God and a slave to Jesus Christ. Listen, I want to be in bondage to Jesus because he's sent me to set the captive free. Look at all the people around us in bondage, and you haven't taken up the serpent yet. 
Do you know that if you let the serpent talk, it's more crafty than you are? It's so subtle. How many know that the serpent was more crafty than any beast in the field? Very subtle conversations it has, almost like you can't discern it. It's so subtle that it'll say things like this. These men are servants of the Most High, which show us the way of salvation. Y'all hear what I just said? That, that, that it almost looked like the devil was co-laboring with God. It, it almost sounds like, you know, in that culture where, in, in the Macedonian culture, there by Philippi, that they would worship everything under the sun. And it almost looked like God and the devil, they were holding hands, just walking down to do the work of the gospel in the ministry. You see, the devil's even agreeing with what we're doing. It's real subtle. And for days, listen, for days, she went behind Paul and, and Silas saying, these men are, are servants, are slaves of God, which show you the way of salvation. The Bible says that after a few days, check this out, Paul got annoyed. You know what it's like to get annoyed, right? You just get annoyed. You just fed up with you just you know it's a deep word it's like you just get frustrated with it you 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 know you know to get annoyed with something anybody here have been frustrated annoyed with something uh, maybe some repetitive thing maybe something that's happening in your life maybe there's things going on and you're just so annoyed by it Anybody here know it? You know, you know I, I say this to the church, is that you know, one of the things early on in ministry, one of the things that the Spirit brought me to, and the first lady will tell you, I'm annoyed with the enemy. I'm sick of what he's doing. I see his work, and I get so annoyed by him. And you know what it causes me to do? I go into my prayer closet. And I say, Dad, I need to talk to you about something. I'm seeing some things out in the world. I'm seeing some things over some families. I'm seeing what he's doing. And I want you to know, Father, that I'm sick and tired of it. And I say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that spirit. I bind that spirit. I loose that spirit. Whatever God has sent me to do, I do the work. Why? Because I want to see victory. Some of you don't even know that I'm praying for you. And I'm binding, rebuking, working against the demonic work that in your life that you can't even see for yourself. I get so annoyed by him. And you should too. Aren't you sick of seeing your friends perish in their own habits and under their own bondages and addiction? Aren't you sick of that? You're tired of it. God said, I sent you to pick up the serpent. You, you didn't speak one word. And you know what our fight is? Usually people. Let me remind you. Do you know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood? The Spirit's talking to me. Can I quote you some passages? Can I get into some? I like... You know, I eat a lot. Some of this, but most of this, you know. Into the pages. 
I go to sleep thinking him. I go to sleep beside him. I wake up beside him. That's what I do. I just read it. Just read it. Just read it. Just read it. Because I need to eat. Let me teach you something. Do, do, do you know that you're the body? The Bible says, and ye are the body of Christ. And members in particular. Paul says this right before he gives you the five-fold ministry. Why? Because he wants you to know that all of us collectively, we make up the body of Jesus. Do you know that the body of Jesus is the power of the kingdom? For without that body, there's no atonement. There's no resurrection. There's no second coming. There's no rapture. This is the power right here. Watch Paul say this. And by him were all things created. Watch this. And by him, listen, were all things created. Somebody say, all things created. For by him were all things created. Lucifer himself. Devils themselves. For by him were all things created. That are in heaven and that are in the earth. Watch this. Visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. Now watch this. Watch. Now listen. And he is the head of the body, the church. Let, let, me, let me let me say that again. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn among the dead. Watch. That in all things he might have, listen, catch this word, preeminence. He's first. We have his name through his headship. It is before all things. Could I suggest to you that Yeshua's name is greater than cancer? You just don't have the faith to believe it. Could I suggest to you that the name Yeshua is greater than asthma? You just don't have the faith to believe it. Could I suggest to you that the name of Yeshua is greater than arthritis or any debilitating effect or disease upon the human body? Can I suggest to you that his name is above mental health and any other thing we might encounter in the world? Can I suggest to you that his name is greater, far above all things, that there is no name greater that's even given unto men where men and men might be saved? That name is number one in heaven, number one on earth, and number one in hell. The name of Jesus, it reigns supreme. When are you going to pick up that snake? Aren't you tired of all that in your life? Can I say static? Aren't you tired of seeing people around you in bondage? Aren't you annoyed by it? Aren't you sick of it? Can't you see it? Listen, brother, there may be some of you like Nicodemus. You don't even see what he's doing. Man, listen, all you got to do is see the effect of what he does. Look around you. Look at what people are doing. Look at the problems they're in. Look at the bondage they're in. Look around yourself. Some of those bondages and problems are right there in your very house. 
Look at the apathy of the people around you, people not serving God, not giving them their best. Look at what's happening in the world. We're waxing cold in a time when we should be hot as fire for God. Paul got so sick, he turned around, and the Bible says he said to the Spirit, not to the girl, because he's not wrestling flesh and blood. He spoke to the Spirit. He didn't talk to his friends and jibber-jabber about all the problems. You know, man, I, you know, I'll tell you what, you know, church, man, ain't what it used to be. I mean, now people this and people that, back in the day, and blah, blah, blah. No, he spoke to the Spirit. You know, I'm so sick of that brother over there, man. He's got all kinds of problems. And I don't know whenever he's going to make up his mind to serve the Lord. I hope it's soon because, man, you know, look what the devil's doing to him. He spoke to the Spirit. He spoke to the Spirit of Python. He picked up the serpent by its tail and declared the authority of God in the name of Jesus. Come out of her. And the Bible says, listen, the Spirit came out that very hour. Listen, this series, I'm going to teach you the names of God. But why am I going to teach you the names if you don't have faith in it? Why, why am I going to teach you the name of Yeshua? Why am I going to teach you Emmanuel? Why am I going to teach you the nuances of his name and that he's the shepherd and that he's the door? How can I teach you all these nuances if you can't see for yourself the necessity of his name? And what good is it to know his name if you yourself won't take up the servant that's plaguing your family? God said, I've given you all authority to tread over serpents and scorpions. You know what he says? And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Brothers and sisters, you know the rest of the story. Ah. You know that they whipped Paul and Silas for that. Beat them severely. In fact, you, you, know, you read that story. The magistrates, they, they, they took them, and they took them to the jailer, and they said, I want you to keep them in the innermost part of this prison. When he says keep them safely, he doesn't mean keep them, you know, in the tender, loving care. Give them a little kiss every morning. He says keep them where they'll never get out. Put them deep down in this dungeon. You know what happened down there? Down there while they were in stocks and bonds. Hands shackled, feet shackled. But spirit alive in faith, they begin to sing hymns. Down deep from in the prison cell, Paul and Silas began to sing hymns unto the Lord. And the Bible says as they began to sing them hymns, an earthquake came and rattled that prison and the shackles fell off. And everybody that was in the prison with them was free too. Everybody started walking about the prison, was free as a bird. Isn't this the anointing of God in your life? Isn't this the purpose? In fact, do this. Stand up with me real quick. The Spirit of the Lord. I got to stop. I wish I could preach more, but this is it. If you don't want it, you don't want it. If you want it, you can get it. Because Jesus is my head. 
My faith is in his headship. My faith says that his name is above every name. My faith says that Jesus says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it for you. Not the Father. He says, I'll do it. You, you, you have your Bibles? Uh, go with me to Luke chapter 4, uh, St. Luke uh, chapter 4. Uh, th there's a beautiful passage there. Uh, I'm going to encourage everybody uh, today uh, to read uh, Luke chapter 4. In fact, could I suggest that my admonition for you is to write this down, Luke chapter 4, uh, and to put it somewhere where it's memorized in your spirit. Uh, write it down on a post-it note. Write, write it down uh, somewhere in your, you know, uh, don't get no tattoo. <laughs> tattoo it on your heart. Etch it on your mind. Are, are you in Luke chapter 4? Uh, St. Luke chapter 4. Slide your finger down to verse 18. This is what it says. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He, he has sent me to what? To heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives. To set at liberty them that are... <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind, to sit at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. It's time for us to pick up the serpent, right? Now look, this is what we're going to do. We're, we're, you know, last week I told you that the Spirit of the Lord told me that we can't come to the house of God with our petitions only but in proxy for others. It's called the power proxy. How many of you know God delights when we bear one another's burdens? The Bible says, and so fulfill the law of Christ. I, I, I want everybody just, just close your eyes for a moment. And I want, I want you to take a look. Uh, start first with your spouse. Great place to start. I'm not asking you to look on them for their imperfections. I, I, I'm not asking you to, to say, you know, uh, my husband's cruel, my wife is cruel. My wife is unkind, my husband is, is unkind. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to take a look spiritually. What, what do you see in, in her life or his life manifesting that you know isn't God? Some dilemma, some struggle, some situation, some addiction, something. And right here in the house of the Lord, I want you to tell the Lord, Lord, I see it. Lord, I see it. I, I, I want you to look. If you're a mother or father, I want you to look at your children. I want, uh, moms, dads, look at your family. Uh, do, do you see the enemy at work? I don't want you to tell me, yes, preacher, you know, my son, he's been very rebellious. Uh, my daughter, she's really been talking back. No, brother, I'm asking you to look spiritually. What's behind that rebellion? What, what spirit is alive and working? Brothers, brother, sister, you got to take up the serpent. I, I, I want you to look at your extended family. Uh, maybe, a, maybe a brother or a sister, a, a mother or father. What do you see afflicting them? Are they diseased? 
Are, are they struggling through some ailment of flesh? Brother, you got to pick up the serpent. You've got to point your finger at the spirit of Python and command it out. Let, let me remind you. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They, lay, they, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. What do you see at work? Come on, take a look. I'm not asking you to go to work tomorrow to point your finger in somebody's face. I'm asking for you in your prayer closet to point your finger at the, the spirit of, of, of Python and say, be removed, be cast out. That spirit of Jezebel, that lying spirit, that spirit of bondage, that spirit of antichrist, that spirit of death, that spirit of divination, that spirit of whoredoms. I, I don't know where it is, brothers and sisters, but God has given you spiritual eyes, and it's time for us to begin to do the spiritual work. And conversely, conversely, can I suggest that it's time to start blessing with our mouths? <laughs> 